but it's already December, and uh, I'm just uh, super encouraged by this year, but also looking forward to 2022. Anyone else looking forward to 2022? Yes, it's going to be a great year. But um, as we move forward into the message, I want to start off by sharing a story uh, that I heard. There was a company that uh, automated systems, it was a manufacturing company that basically boxed items for other companies, right? So they would take all these items and then they had this manufacturing company that would box items. And they would box these items, it would be a conveyor belt and all this big fancy engineering things. But as they were producing and shipping all of their, uh, all of their product, they started getting complaints from some of their customers. And their complaints uh, were that some of the boxes came empty, okay? So the customer would get the product and they'd have to have empty boxes. And so the CEO of the company hired this outside firm and he paid him a whole bunch of money. In the book, that I, in the story that I read, said they paid him over a million dollars between their consulting fee and the new engineering equipment that they had to buy for their, all their products. So they spent all this money, spent all this time, and then as they were about to roll out this new uh, technology for their, uh, for their machines, they decided to look back and see, oh, how many, how many uh, empty boxes have we shipped since we first started hearing the complaint? And so they went back and they looked at it and they said, wow, we haven't had any empty boxes delivered in three months. And they're like, what the heck? We've had complaints for like nine months. Now the last three months we've had no complaints. Now, granted, they just spent a million dollars trying to fix this problem, and now they're not de- uh, delivering empty boxes anymore. And so they, they sent one of their managers down to figure out what, you know, what's changed. And they, so they went through the whole manufacturing line, and they're inspecting everything. And then they get to the end of the line, right, the last conveyor belt, and there's an employee there. And an employee there has a fan. And he has the fan, and he has the fan on. He brought the fan from his home. It's just a little fan that you put in your little room. And he, and he had the fan facing the conveyor belt. And so what had happened was whenever there was an empty box, the fan just blew the empty box off the conveyor belt, and they never delivered any empty boxes from that point after that guy solved the problem. <laughs> so this company spent over a million dollars in consulting fees and paying engineers co- to find out that this, the problem could have been solved free. And so the, the, the moral of the story is don't overcomplicate things. Don't overthink things. Don't, don't make something more than, than what it has to be. And, and the message today is about the birth of Jesus and the Christmas season. And my bottom line is don't overcomplicate it. God is with us. Don't overcomplicate it. God is with us. You know, as, as, as people, we often make things a bigger deal than what they have to be. We make friendships, we make conflict, we make uh, issues, we make all of the things in our lives so much more complicated because we, we divert from the simplicity that it is to really be human and we mess things up because we overthink. And I believe Jesus came to the earth and his coming and his presence here is so profound but yet so simple that we as Christians and, and we as people often overcomplicate our life, our problems, our issues, and our questions to the point that we get all sorts of messed up and spend 
maybe not millions of dollars on a new product line, but we spend thousands of dollars on therapy, and we spend all this time, and we have all these problems with our family, and, and I would say, not, I'm not trying to reduce all of our problems to something that can be solved in a, in a, in a snap of a finger. I, I know we're complicated beings, but I will say that if we would simplify our lives around God with us, a lot of our issues wouldn't be as big as they are right now. I'm not saying that you wouldn't have issues, but I'm saying the simplicity of God with us is a, is a dynamic, powerful force that often gets missed in the Christian church in America because of how busy we are. Anyway, we're going to go through Matthew 1, 18 through 25. This is the story of the birth of Jesus. It is like, I, I've heard it so much in my life that sometimes like it loses its impact, you know what I'm saying? But let's just read this slowly together. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, that means engaged, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Pause. Um, I've talked to atheists, agnostics, people who didn't grow up in the church, and, and they go come across this, and they ask, what? <laughs> like, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. What, what does that mean? And what it does not mean is that the Holy Spirit did not have sex with Mary. And some of you are laughing, but it's a, it's a very clear, it is, it is a significant um, point of detail. So the, the, the Mary is a virgin, and she is pr impregnated by the Holy Spirit. It's called the Immaculate Conception. Not that Mary, the Holy Spirit had sex with Mary, but that her egg was fertilized in a miraculous, supernatural way by God, by the Holy Spirit, in order to give birth to Jesus, who is God, so that he would be the Son of God, and he would not be a normal human. He wasn't a human. He was a human, but he was, a, he was the God-man. Truly human, truly divine. So Jesus, nor Mary, was uh, to be found with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, can you imagine Joseph, like, you're engaged to a gal, right? Just imagine what Joseph's thinking right now. He's like, he's engaged to this gal, and she comes to him, she's like, I'm pregnant. He's like, are you kidding me right now? Like, he's probably really angry. He's probably very hurt. He probably has a lot of questions. And then she goes, no, 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 Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. It was God. And you're like, you're not, okay, let's take you over to Pine Rest. Let's take you over to the Insane Asylum. Let's put you locked away. Okay, Pine Rest is a beautiful place that helps a lot of people. That's not the point. Okay, that was a bad distinction. If you've been to Pine Rest, you're not crazy. You are a wonderful human being who obviously has, that, that is worth the blood of Jesus. And I've totally rescued myself. I love everyone. Okay, let's go. Let's put them in an insane asylum. And because she says she's impregnated by the Holy Spirit and God. That is crazy. So Joseph is like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break off our engagement. And so he does it quietly. He says because he's a, he's a just man, unwilling to put her away to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that uh, which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin 
shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Men, uh, when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took uh, Mary as his wife, but knew her not, meaning he didn't have sex with her, until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So here we have a description of how the Lord Jesus came to earth, in which he was not conceived by natural means, but that God, Jesus himself was a divine he was a div- it was a divine conception. It was a div- divine birth. It was totally God. It was angelic visitations to wise men and to shepherds, and div- uh, angelic visitations to Mary and to Joseph. And so the birth of Jesus is a center point to the entire Christian faith. If there is no virgin birth, Jesus is not who he says he is. You see, some people don't focus on the virgin birth because it's a weird concept, but if, you, if we do not wrestle and come to grips in the faith in the virgin birth, then that means we cannot believe and see Jesus as the Son of God. Because in order for Jesus to be God, he has to have come from other means than natural means. Does this make sense? If he is going to be God who pays for the sins of the world, then he has to have a, a, a divine origin. But now he's still the substitution. He's still the uh, representative for humanity. And so God, in his wisdom, or not designed, but he sent Jesus as coming through the womb of a woman while still being God. It says in Philippians that he humbled himself and he dwelt among us. And so the virgin birth is crucial, right, to the Christian faith, to, to our love and faith in Jesus. The virgin birth is the beginning of our faith in Jesus. It is God with us, as it says in verse 23. So the funny thing about Jesus is that when he came onto the scene, some people are like, oh yeah, it's just you Christians. No, Jesus was revealed as the king of heaven and earth. He's revealed as the Lord of heaven and earth. And even though people may not believe in Jesus, he is the Lord of heaven and earth, whether we believe it or not. Whether you live as though he's the Lord and the king, he is the king. And God in his wisdom, he does these little sneaky things within the world to show that Jesus is king. And we just live with it every day so we don't recognize it. But what year is it right now? 2021. Wait. 2021, what do we reference when we're saying that? It's 2,021 years after something. It's A.D. Some people think it's after death. It's not, A.D. doesn't mean after death. You can throw the slide up there. A.D. means anno domini. You can throw the next slide. Um, Which is a Latin phrase for the year of our Lord. And so God always does these sneaky things just to prove that he's Lord, right? This is just to show that Jesus is king. In which he orients the entire calendar of the, of, the, of the entire world around the birth of Jesus. Even though people don't believe, no, you know, there's a, most of the world does not believe in Jesus. Most of the world does not live as though he's king, but God in his sovereignty organized the earth and the world leaders and all this thing. They orga- he organized the world in a way that every single person would declare Jesus is king every day. You go on your app, what day is it today? Oh, it's, you know, it's 
December 9, 2021, you're declaring Jesus as king. Whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, God has sovereignly decided and, and shown his power by, I don't know how he did it, organizing the world in a way that would recognize the birth of Jesus every single day. I would even argue every moment of every single day recognizes his birth. How cool is that? And the question for us is, are we going to scoff at that and say, oh, that's coincidence? Or are we going to say, wow, Jesus really is king. And he really is with us, like it talks about in Matthew 1. So the crazy thing is that about 700 years before Jesus was born, in the book of Isaiah, it prophesied or predicted that Jesus or the Messiah would be born by a virgin. How many times do you think, like, uh, there's been a virgin birth? Probably not that many, right? Probably one. <laughs> and yeah, Isaiah, 700 years before it happened. 700 years. You know, 700 years, that's, that's a long time. I don't know if you like, 700 years? That's like rewinding to 1400. Like, that's a long, like, imagine if someone predicted something in 1400 and then it came to pass this year. You'd be like, that person knew something, right? That person knew something I didn't know. Or that person could see into the future. 700 years, it, it was prophesied in Isaiah 7, 14. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And that's what we read in Matthew 1. That, that description in Matthew 1 was pulled from Isaiah 7. Not only was it prophesied in Isaiah 7, and it was actually spoken of in Genesis 1. Jesus' coming was spoken of from the beginning of time. In the beginning in Genesis 1, at, or in Genesis 3 really, Adam and Eve rebelled against God and, the, and, and they sinned. And they ate of the forbidden fruit. And then from that point, sin came upon him. God said, when you eat of that fruit, on that day you will surely die. And from that point on, sin plagued and was transferred to all of humanity. All of us are sinners, born sinners, born broken, born rebellious towards God. And God designed a plan from the beginning in Genesis 3 where the Messiah would come. God himself would come to earth and rescue humanity from their sin. It couldn't come from man. It had to come from God. So in Genesis 3, it says this. I will put enmity. This is God speaking to, the, to Satan. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And this is talking about Jesus, this he. It says, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The offspring of the woman would destroy the work of Satan and the, destroy the work of sin. The promise was delivered to Adam and Eve and to Satan and recorded in Genesis. And then the promise of the coming Messiah who would save his people from their sin would then be delivered to Abraham. And then after it was delivered to Abraham, it was delivered to Isaac and then it was delivered to Jacob. These this uh, Jewish people that God had made a covenant with. And then he, they delivered it to David, King David. And then it said from King David's line, the Messiah would come, who would save their people from their sin. And so here we are from the beginning of time. Jesus' coming was being anticipated by humanity, specifically the Israel people who were carrying the promise of God. So the promise was fulfilled through Joseph and Mary. And I'm here to, just to remind us as we think about Matthew 1, which says, the virgin gave birth to a son. He should be called Jesus or Emmanuel, God with us. 
I want us to slow down and I want us to consider that in Matthew 1, it says that God is with us. It was predicted from the beginning of time. It was prophesied 700 years before he came. And then at that point, 2,021 years ago, Jesus was born. God with us. I want you to think how interesting it would be to redu- God to reduce himself to his creation, to become human. And that God loved us so much that he actually he s- came. You see, God with us is a phrase that we hear, but we like to overcomplicate issues, but when in reality, the fact that Emmanuel came is what flipped the world upside down, which gave you hope, gave me hope, and which allowed us to be forgiven, allowed us to be free, allowed us to have peace. God with us is the simple message that is the solution to a lot of our problems, a lot of our issues, and it, was, it is the solution to our problem of sin, it is the solution to our problem of despair. It is the solution to our problem of broken will. It is the solution to everything. Emmanuel, God with us, is the thing that the devil will try to tell you is too simple. And it brings me back to my bottom line, which is don't overcomplicate it. God is with us. Jesus is God with us. Jesus came 2,021 years ago. He lived 33 years, and he died on a cross, and he rose again. He gave us the teachings, and he revealed to us a new way of living that had never been seen. And on his way out, on his way up, as he ascended, after he had resurrected from the dead, he's talking to his disciples, and and he tells them, he makes them a promise. He makes them a promise. That his job was not just a flash in the pan. His job was not just to come and leave and see you, see you later. His promise was, I'm going to come to prepare the way for the Holy Spirit who will come to everyone. You see, God with us was not just when Jesus came. God with us prepared the way for the Holy Spirit to come. See, Jesus was the first that the Holy Spirit came after. And the Holy Spirit is God with us. It says in John 14, this is Jesus talking. He says, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Don't overcomplicate it, God is with us. And I do not say that phrase as a religious phrase that I'm supposed to say as a pastor. I'm saying it right now. I want you to snap out of the trance that you're in listening to me and consider for a moment that God is with us. I want you to consider for a moment that God, the creator of the universe who doesn't owe us anything, sent Jesus to come to earth and he came to be with us. Not only did he come to be with us, he came to bear our sin and show us how to live and teach us how to love. And then he ascended and he said, I don't leave you as orphans, I give you the Holy Spirit. Don't overcomplicate life. God is with you. 
And you can say, well, life is tough right now. You can say, I have these issues. I have these problems. I have these concerns. I have, I have these emotional problems. Listen, any problem that you have, God cares about it. In fact, because Jesus came as a man, Hebrews tells us, he understands every point of your weakness. And he says, I'm with you. He says, approach my throne with, with confidence. Approach me. God says, approach me with confidence because I understand every feeling that you have. He's with us. The Holy Spirit is with you to teach you and guide you and direct you in all life. But we'd rather go to other people. We'd rather go to our wisdom and to school and YouTube and seek out advice. When God is like right here, the Holy Spirit's in you and he's saying, I'm with you. You see, the message of Jesus coming is, 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 the, is a highlight of Christianity, but the highlight of Christianity is that he never left. Is that Jesus came to pay the penalty for sin, but then he sent his Holy Spirit, so now he's with us every day, everywhere, at all times, for every situation. And he's not just here as a comforter, although he is a comforter. He's not just here as someone to sit next to you. You see, God with us, Jesus with us, Holy Spirit with us, God with us is, a, is, a, is, a, is the invitation to live a life that actually matters. You see, God with us is not just for comfort, it's for growth. God with us is not just to get us, get us out of our despair, it's to get us moving forward. God with us is not just so that we can feel better, it's so we can be at peace with God and with everyone we're around. See, even I can complicate things so much in that I feel like I have to do, 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 and, and I have to work, 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 and I have to overcomplicate things, when in reality, the simple rhythm of recognizing God with us is the solution to most of my problems. Whether it's my arguments that I'm having with my wife, or it's my impatience with my kids, or whether it's sin that I'm dealing with, I, it all stems down to me not recognizing God with me. Don't overcomplicate it. God is with us. And the story of Jesus, the story of the, like really the Christmas story is the first time that we see God's character. Not the first time, that's a, no. It's, it's when we see God's character revealed that his relating to humans and to us and to you and to me is not about what we can do for him. It's all about God's love for humanity, that he did everything necessary. He carried every burden. He carried every weight in order for humans, in order for you and I to have a connection, like a real connection with our Heavenly Father. And it started because Jesus came to be with us, and it continues because the Holy Spirit comes to be with us, and to be our friend, and to be our Lord. I'm going to close out with this. In Matthew 121, he mentions he's Emmanuel, God with us. But in Matthew 121, it says about Mary, it says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. In American culture, we live in a, in a 
in a punishment culture, in a discipline culture, in a justice system culture in which we do something wrong and we get punished for it and then we serve, right, we pay fines, we go to jail, we do all that kind of stuff, right? And so sometimes because of the culture that we grow up in, we translate that or we project that onto our Christianity in which people think that, right, so they do wrong, instead of doing wrong, like they do wrong, they feel the condemnation of it, and so they think, well, if I just do right, then it'll undo the wrong that I did. See, there's a problem with that line of logic because when you think about our sin and your, you, when you sin, you know, you don't sin against people, you know that you sin against God. That God is a holy God and that he demands perfection. Brian's looking at me funny, like, well, he does not demand perfection. No, he demands perfection. He demands perfection. And so when you sin, it's not just a matter of like, oh, I'll do good in order to undo my sin. You know, he requires perfection. But that's exactly why Jesus came. God knew that humans could never be perfect, and so he loved humanity so much that God sent Jesus, the Son, to come and live a sinless life. He never sinned. He was God. He was man. He was truly God, truly man. Lived 33 years on this planet Earth. And then he died on a cross. And the Bible teaches that he paid for the sins of the world. And he says that anyone who comes to me can be forgiven. But you must confess that I am king or I'm Lord. And you must believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead or raised Jesus from the dead. See, Jesus came not just so he could sit next to us and be our friend, but he came first and foremost to forgive humanity of their sin and to usher in the kingdom of God. Our sin had to be paid for. We can't just undo our bad things by doing good things. Our sin has to be dealt with. And Jesus came, it says in Matthew 1.21, to save his people from their sins. You see, you don't have to be perfect because Jesus was perfect for us. And, my, and it says in the Bible, it says it's been by grace that we are saved through faith. It is a gift of God so that no man can boast. So it's not a matter of you being perfect. It's a matter of putting your faith and your trust in this Jesus who came to save us from our sin and to live every day knowing that, not overcomplicating it, that Jesus came to be with us and he stayed by sending his spirit to be with us. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads as we close out? If you're here today and, and you need that forgiveness, if you're here today and you haven't made Jesus king and therefore received the forgiveness that he offers through his coming and dying and raising again, it's as simple as just in your heart, it's as simple as in your mind, realizing that God loves you and he wants a relationship with you, but then he wants and desires you to change and shift a perspective away from yourself and onto him and trust. You don't have to do it alone because Jesus came. And he's with us. You cannot save yourself. Only Jesus can save you. Our role is to simply be humble, submit, and express our desire be forgiven and to know God. If that's you and you've never done that, or maybe you need a, you need a, a fresh confession tonight, 
just going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. I want to pray with you. One, two, three. That's you. Just raise your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Praise God. I see that hand. You guys can put your hands down. Let's everyone, there was about seven hands up, so let's just everyone, let's just pray with, with everyone who raised their hands. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus, God with us. I confess that he is my Lord and that his death paid for my sin, that his resurrection allows me to have relationship with God. From this day forward, I humble myself before God, and I'll follow him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give it up for those guys. Come on, that is amazing.